Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life is miserable, we all know that. It's dark, it's dank. So we're here to bring you a bit of joy, a bit of light, hopefully more light than we have the previous few weeks. So with that being said, I'm joined by Stu. Hi Bradley. How are we actually doing, Stu? Yeah, no, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, you know, work is still a bit of a challenge at the moment, but it will be that way for a while and I'm doing okay with it. Um, the main thing is I'm still employed, which is always good because I like money and I like spending money. So, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you want out of this capitalist culture, but we unfortunately at the moment while we're in it, you need, we need the monies. Precisely. I want my universal basic income. That's what I want. And I'm off. Yes. I'm just going to sit on my arse all day then. Or you get disabled like I do. Yep. That's the dream. Just All you need to do is lose your vision, get really bad diabetes so your foot's are screwed as well, find out you've got, you know, a massive amount of neurodivergency going on, and, you know, you're on easy street getting to live in a tiny two-bedroom flat with two kids. Oh, yeah. And your partner, a couple of cats, and no money. Oh, yeah. It's a do- it's it's sounds like street. a doddle, yeah. Yeah. Easy street. This is what... See, this is... The government haven't, haven't clicked on yet, so this is the real long game, okay? We live in squalor and poverty just to rip off all the rich people, all the billionaires. It's them who are the real victims. <laughs> I've always thought that. Yeah, yeah, they, they suffer more than anybody, really, don't they? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, they work so hard. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I'm glad you're doing okay. I'm, I'm actually doing pretty well this week, um... The past few weeks have been a challenge mentally um, for numerous reasons, uh, both personally and what's been going on in the wider world. Uh, but I'm officially blind, Stu, uh, which is great news in terms of, that's it now, in terms of I haven't got a fight to be recognised for that anymore. Um, I'd rather, you know, someone came up with a miracle cure to fix blindness or eye transplant. I want a Terminator eye. Um, oh, nice. That's the dream. That is the dream. It really is. Uh, I I would if they turned around and went, oh, oh, we need people to be guinea pigs to have a Terminator eye put in. I'll be like, yeah, I'm there. Be so good. Go for it. Can't get any worse. Or a little Geordie LaForge visor or something like that. That'd be even better. Yeah. I'm going to go, yep. I don't know what one of those is. It sounds Star Trek. It is Star Trek. Good catch. It is. Excellent. Does it help him see? Them see? Her see? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it uh, identifies as male in the in the program. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like a visor that he he was born blind, but with the visor he can see. It it uh, converts stuff into stuff that goes straight into his brain. It's, it's very good. It's it's got to be possible one day. Oh, I think it Star, will be. Star, to be fair, Star Trek has been the prelude to a lot of our technology. Yeah. Well, it's been like. This is everything we want. Now go away and make it happen. <laughs> no, yeah. and Mobile phones came from Star Trek, didn't they? Pretty so, much. Uh, and baldness. That came from Star Trek, I believe. <laughs> baldness? Yeah. Who's the... Oh, baldness. The, uh, ah. Yes. Yeah, baldness was invented by Star uh, Trek. Yeah. What's his name? William. No. Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, but... Patrick I, I, Stewart. Oh, my God. Patrick Stewart. That's it. You know, one of our most famous actors. And I just forgot his that's name. Him. <laughs> Good start. Um, it is a good start. Um, it seems more coherent than usual, though, which is impressive. Uh, it's still pretty rambling, but I like it. Yeah. Um, talking of rambling, do you know what else you can go rambling in? What's that? 
video games. Oh, video games. I thought you were going to say the countryside, but yeah, video games. Oh, I was going straight in for it this week. Nice. Uh, yeah, you can ramble with video games. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good one. I don't know, like the disappearance of Edith Finch or yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, Dear Esther I enjoyed. Uh, Dear Esther, yeah. yeah, that's a rambling one. Yeah. Uh, a short hike. Short hike. You can go rambling in that. Yeah, Stanley Parable kind of, uh, inside an office, yeah. but you know. Yeah. Inside an office, inside the, uh, you know, yeah. whatever the hell that is actually meant to be. Yeah, I think the most. Without yeah. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I think the most, yeah, rambly one, as in, yeah, rambly in the countryside is probably Dear Esther because it's literally just yeah. like I'm walking around the coastline I'm walking up a bit of a hill and then the game's over so yeah yeah and while you listen to someone chat that's right and he, it's, like, it's like a podcast with me I know right but even with that description making it sound rubbish it's not rubbish it's really good <laughs> so no yeah. it's really it's really really good um that there was like what's it maybe three year boom of walking simulators where they nailed it and then it's just gone Either like people have gone, oh, let's do more of this and not done it as well, or they've gone off in different directions, which are brilliant for other reasons. And... Yeah, well, that's why they've you know these things go through phases and fashions, don't they? And, and some last longer than others. And the the one with um, roguelites and roguelikes has uh, has gone on for far too long. But you you know, no, it's not. I... Well, I'd argue against that one. Exactly. I'm just I'm just being facetious. It's not a bad thing. I mean, the, I mean, the walking simulators are still about, except now what they do is they put in towers and encampments and get run by rapists. Um, no, that's Ubisoft. So I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's Ubisoft mm-hmm. and Ubisoft games. That's it. Just got to get that clear. Not quite, but yeah, they're, they're still about in many, many guises, but they're just generally not as good anymore. Uh, anyway, talking of good video games, I hope. Tell me something you've been playing, Stu. Well, I've been playing. The first one is... Well, it's weird because some people really rail against this. But then again, they rail against Halo. And they still sell tons and they still get great Metacritic scores. And this game mm-hmm. is Killzone Shadow Shadowfall. I'm going to do that again because that was totally spazzy. Killzone <laughs> Shadowfall. Right, and the reason I started playing it again, well, two reasons, and you know, both of them fairly interesting. Um, the first point of interest is that the PS5 really boosts a lot of PS4 games, and this is a PS4 game, mm. and it particularly boosts the ones that had an uncapped frame rate, uh, which is great, it makes it easier for them to do adjustments and stuff, um, to the frame rate, and so. Long and short of it is that Killzone Shadowfall runs at 60 frames per second, as smooth as butter, absolutely beautiful. And because it's already a really good looking game and it's not very high res, so it's a bit jaggy. But other than that, it looks amazing and it's 10 years old. So that's really good. It looks where because it's the Decimer engine, which is the same one used for the Horizon games, although an earlier version, so it's not quite as technically impressive. Um, it's, it still looks beautiful, and it's running at 60, and that was one of the things that was kind of, you know, a bit disappointing because Halo always ran at 60. Um, and also the second thing being that um, uh, I can't remember at all what I was going to say, what the second thing was. <laughs> uh, so technically it's good. People say they don't like it, but it sold really well. And there we go. And yeah, I'm 
I'm not going to talk about it much, but I'm just going to say two things quickly. Uh, one is, if you've not played this game for a while, play it again. It's got some fairly big flaws. You know, it's sitting around 70 on Metacritic, which is about right, I'd say, because it's yeah. that's good, but it's not brilliant. And the I think the main problem is it gives you loads of really good tools to use, and when the stars align, they're really exciting to use. Uh, I won't go into them because, you know, it's an old game. Play it again. You've probably got it. If you haven't, it's two quid on eBay. Um, you don't really... The levels aren't really laid out to make the best use of those tools, I would say, most of the time. And it can that can make it a bit of a grind at times. When it works, it's brilliant, and it works about 70% of the time. Um, the second thing is that the guns aren't different enough from each other. The guns are really good when you get the variety, but there are like six different varieties of assault rifle, which is just boring as all get out. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because there's some really good weapons in there that really mix stuff up, but not enough of them and they don't come around frequently enough. And again, that's the thing that makes it land around the 70 mark. But it's go- It's absolutely gorgeous. It, the, the whole kind of real physicality of the movement and stuff in Killzone is what I really enjoy. Some people don't like, but it's what I really like. And the graphics are incredible. The story's brilliant. The script isn't too bad. The acting's okay. Uh, but the gameplay is really good. You know, and when it clicks, it's brilliant. So yeah, not a, not an absolute recommend. But if you if you've got a PS5 and you've either not played it or only played it a decade ago, which has just reminded me of my second point from before. Um, then pick it up and yeah no i the other thing was just that i don't tend to replay games very often and if i do it's because i like them and it's normally very many years in the future and i was like oh yeah i haven't played this for a while sat down stuck it on i was like i barely remember this game it's 10 years since i played it so that's quite a bit of a shock yeah i it's it's you know what you say it's a it's a proper 7 out of 10 game i think the unfortunate thing for Killzone Shadow Fall was that it was a launch game. Um, and that basically meant it either had to be perfect or it was gonna be crap. Um, depending on that that that's what it had to be. That 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 was all launch titles could be. They're either perfect or crap. Um there's no such thing as a oh, it was alright. <laughs> um I'm looking at that here. Perfectly serviceable game. Yeah. I really enjoyed that, but it became a joke. Uh, I think yeah, and I think that they suffered with that with Fantavision as well earlier on for the PS2. I think it was a really good a game, and people were like, "Well, I don't want to play in this," and therefore it got a bad rep. And it's like, it doesn't deserve Fantavision releases today. It becomes an instant indie darling. Yeah, well, it's been released, re-released for uh, PSVR two for the PS5, oh. so you can play it in VR. So hopefully, well, I can't. Well, you can't. And neither can I because I can't afford the bugger. But yeah, um, yeah. But people will will get the chance to play it again. But no, it, it yeah, it just fell. It was like oh, it doesn't fit into the it's crap or it's brilliant category, so it got ignored quite by a lot of people. Yeah, and also it wasn't loads of fancy three D graphics, and yeah, it didn't show off next gen, which bizarrely the way that Vezo Gun did that yeah. that seemed to hit the market at the right time, um, and all its pretty particles were like people going wow this is only like small title but look at it yeah. um 
Uh, whereas Killzone, everyone kept going. Uh, all I meant for Killzone was, yeah, but do you remember when they done that trailer film with Killzone 2? And it's like, well, yeah, but... That was, and- that was 400 years ago, dude. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the same as the Killzone that was on Vita. That was really good. Well, you? I was going to say, um, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I mean, again, get rid of those back touchpad moments and the touchscreen moments and replace those with button prompts. And it was brilliant. It was a really fun game. And the online was really good as well. I loved the online of that. Well, you see, I'm a Killzone fan, as you know, uh, and and a kind of apologist. And um, Killzone Mercenary is the best of all the Killzone games. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Everyone should play that. No, hardly anyone did because it was on Vita, but it's absolutely superb. Um, and it is the best one, definitely. Uh, I think it's what they've, I think it's what Gorilla always wanted to make because if, because yeah. it was supposed to be a kind of, we're going on about this game way too long, really, but um, <coughs> we've got nothing else to talk about. It's <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think that's the game they wanted to make because I think it had that. Blend. It was just you're in this world. There's a perfect way of getting through this level by using the right tools. Pick the right tools and pick the right route, and it's absolutely great. Whereas the problem with Killzone is that it you often end up in arenas or corridors that you mm. don't want to be in, and that they're there because of the technical limitations. And I don't think Gorilla enjoyed doing that, and I think that's why they made Horizon. Um, yeah. But they didn't have that constraint. They had the constraint of the Vita being weaker, so they made a game that was more focused on the stuff that they really liked. And I think it just paid off beautifully. And I think it's by far the best game with Killzone two second to it. And uh, yeah, very much, um, very much worth picking up. I don't think you can get it anywhere unless you have something that can play Vita games. Um, and I don't think any such as a modded Vita. Modded Vita. Yeah, indeed. Um, what I'm looking forward to, and because it seems to be picking up steam for the first time, really, Vita emulation's getting better. Um, I'm really hoping that someone can nail how to emulate that back touchpad on a Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, now, I'm thinking Mode Shift plus touchscreen could work around that. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, somehow modding some button prompts instead or just something that allows you to bypass that whatever people are cleverer than me um, <laughs> well but, yeah i mean um, on the on the steam deck that'd be perfect. i was just gonna say on the steam deck it's not even a problem is it because you can just use the front touch pads as as the back touch pads and you can use the screen as the the touch so oh yeah. oh yeah and again, mode shift if you need to have multiple things on the same actual input. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Indeed. Do it. So there we go. There's there's reason enough. But yeah, that was Gorilla's Titanfall two, where I think it's appreciated. It's it's the best of the lot, but still never got the 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 outpouring of love and the sales that it deserved. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a really good game. It's a really, really good game. One of the things... I, I would, I'm going to shut up about Killzone in a minute. But <laughs> one of the good things they did with this that, that they also did with Mercenary is that they used the pad to to your advantage. So it was like very much a showcase for, for this uh, yeah. technology. And the one thing I really like is that you've got... Um, 
you've got the D-pad for selecting various things, various tools in your you know, arsenal. And the touchpad does the same thing, but for your little uh, owl device, which is your little kind of robot helper guy. Yeah. And it's just a four-directional thing like a D-pad that gives it different commands that are then activated with L1. And it's really simple and not, like, technologically impressive, but really, really good because it's just like everybody knows the four points of the compass and just having that and having it as touch and very brief... It's it's simple but really really effective. It's it's great, um, and I like the way they've done that. Yeah. And I swear to Christ, this is the last thing we're going to say. <laughs> they've done they've done the thing where they've bothered to put the audio log channel through the speaker in the pad, um, and that they do that on modern games like they did it with Callisto Protocol, um, and it's great. It's really immersive. But they've bothered to go back and retrofit that into Killzone Shadow 4, which I thought was really, really good. Nice. So, yeah, and nice. with that, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. No, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. And I hope everyone enjoyed that clip from our test recording back in 2012. <laughs> 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 um, no, it's fine. It's, you know, I, I think it's great. You know, it's a dead series. I don't think we'll ever see it again. Um, I, I can't imagine it'll get, you know, it's never, I don't think it's going to get the proper re-release or anything like that. Um, also, by the way, last week on Killzone, Killzone Liberation on PSP was really fun. Yeah. Um, took it in a different direction, completely different game. I enjoyed it. And you know what? I'm going to download both Liberation and Mercenaries later today and have a play on my Vita. Lovely. I uh, Yeah, highly recommended. Um, yeah, I, I. it's a shame that more companies don't, license out their IP if they're not using them. I know that there's the mm. concern that it will damage the brand, but I just think that they should do it. It should just be done more often. So principally Konami, obviously, but, you know, mainly Capcom, Sega, you know, the likes of Gorilla. Hey, Nintendo did it with Mario in the end, and yeah. what should never work, that I refuse to buy the second game to Ubisoft with Mario, Sparks of Hope, or whatever the new one's called, yeah. and uh, the Mario Rabbids, XCOM like it works yeah. it can work yep. if you've got to be careful be careful about it but try it more of that please exactly yeah I agree surprise it wasn't a Sonic turn based game because they could, as much as Sega could be leading lights in a lot of stuff they do sometimes go oh Nintendo does <laughs> yeah. that we should do that yeah yeah they should totally <laughs> rip that idea off paper, yeah. paper Sonic really, just, just as, just, just as an aside, before I get onto my first game, um, I don't think you'll get into three this week, Stu. Um, nope. But just as an aside, I was watching a triple jump countdown thing about um, innovative things in video games that are either now done or the standard. And the amount of times it started with Sega, um, who were ahead of the times. It's like, yeah, well done. The Sega for you. Much yeah. of what you know now was down to Z- Sega. I know, um, yeah. In some way. Uh, but they were talking about motion controls um, with Sega as well. And um, they spoke about, like, Sega's failed, like, you stick that thing on the floor, and it was like a, v- not a VR unit, but it was like a motion control thing inside of a frame on the floor. Yeah. Um, I was like, but you've missed out talking about the Dreamcast motion control stuff. 
Yep. With like the, the fishing wand and stuff like that, which was before a Wiimote. And that's essentially what a Wiimote was for, was doing fishing type stuff, but obviously for sports and all that. Again, it's all there. It's all there on like the Dreamcast. Okay, no, this is going to turn into a Dreamcast special. Let's not let's not do that. I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, well, people can listen to our Sega special. We, we cover a lot of that there. Um, so if yes. you've not listened to that, go ahead and listen to it because it's excellent. Go find yeah. it. I don't know what number it is. 100, I think. It. I think it was the 100th or it's around there. Ah, it's there 100. you go. Yeah. Uh, also, we missed our third birthday of podcasting. Oh, yeah. That would have been 156. So happy belated podcast day. That's me doing the one of those twizzly things that you blow on. I don't know what they're called. What are they called? Yeah, you got to do that. You got to find a soundbite though. With that, they go like you know, like kind of pathetic thing at the end because it's a bit of a failure because yeah. we forgot it. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll dig it out. And there's there's it. a soundbite. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's it. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we're not talking about Sega. We're not talking about Killzone. We're not talking about Triple A game yet. Uh, no, we still. Uh, actually, we'll decide later um, if the next one after this is AAA that I talk about anyway. We're talking indie. We're talking deck building. We're talking roguelite. So there we go. It's right in my wheelhouse, Stu. Uh, I'm off. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> um, no, I think actually, I think you might. So you might be more willing to give a go. Actually. Oh, I'm back. All oh, right, so- go on. So it's called Aces and Adventures. Um, and what you've got here is you get a choice of 13, I think. I've only played six adventures so far, but it's like 13 different adventures. And the way you do it is you pick a deck of cards um, and then it lays them out and it tells a story using the deck of cards um, and it gives you battles that you've got to do. And basically, the way you battle is by playing poker hands. Uh, so you get to play a poker hand and the, uh, ep- your um, enemies get to play poker hands. So... And it's anything from like an ace high, uh, a queen high, like a high card to like full house or or three of a kind, uh, two pair, all those kinds of like any five hand poker hand. Um, and that's how you win battles and do damage. So you might start off with like 20 uh, HP and you only might start off with like six if it's like a lowly minion or up to like equal to you if it's like a, a bossy type character. Um and what you do is you 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 go and play your cards. Um, you get dealt like a hand, like you would do something like Slay the Spire, so it updates every turn. Um, and you play it, so you might go right. Okay, I'm gonna go with these. So I'm gonna play. Oh, I've got two aces, so I'm gonna play these these two these two aces. Um, and then the opposition have to play two cards because you've played two, and better or equal what you've put down. So if you've put down two aces. They've got to, to stop doing you doing damage. They've also got to do a pair of aces. Uh, but okay. if you put down two aces and a king, and they can only put down two aces and a five, it's two aces with a five kicker. So all proper Pokeball. So you would win that hand and do one damage. Um, if, for example, you go and put down a straight of seven, eight, nine, ten jack and they can't match that at all, you will absolutely annihilate them. Um, So you might do like three damage to them and stuff like that. Um, And as you go, this is where the roguelike and deck building comes in. You can collect new cards, you unlock new bonuses, stuff like that. And you can build your own deck out of it. Uh, But yeah, you go through 
um, and you you basically you you play through the whole thing. Each one's like this customized footy voice story where they deal out cards like their tarot cards in a way to go through. And yeah, you play these poker style individual battles to to defeat enemies, and it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I've been playing sort of like one adventure a day so far. Um, or one adventure over a couple of days uh, and things like that. It's just, yeah, I, I, I really love this as an idea. I think we've played what I played one before, which was like Into the Fold or something like that, or Four Tales, I think it was, maybe, where it uses that card deck building thing to tell a story. This is very much like that, but more... Um, what's that thing called where you actually make something that you want to make? Like, what do you call it? Mine's gone blank. Oh. Well, in what context? Just in gaming or in cards or? No, in, ge- no, in, in life, in general. So you make something, like, and instead of throwing it all together, you go, oh, I've made this very specific thing in this very specific way. Organised? Like, or... No, in a video game level, it, this is this, this is a really fun. Then we're going to keep this in as well. Cause it's, <laughs> um, this <Are> we? is content. <laughs> yeah, this is content, Stu. It's like, do you know, like when you go into, you got, oh, it's, it's like a randomised dungeon and you're like, oh, it's random. Or they build a level that's built from the ground up to be this very specific way. Well, I don't know, structured, uh, designed. Uh, uh, there's loads of... I'm sure it begins with a C. I'm sure it begins with a C. But it's that. Uh, okay. It's all very purposeful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's, it's all... Oh, sorry, like, Do you need to get it? Um, yeah, it's all... You, no, no, no. no. Okay. It's, I think it's a deck collector. Who cares? <laughs> um, it's, um, yeah, it's all very... It's, it's very structured. It's very... Um, I'm, I'm, that will come to me later, the word. But it's very that. And it's brilliant. I love it. Um, it's just come out as of recording today. Uh, it's not quite out. There's four hours to go as of recording. This means nothing to anybody. Um, but no. it's... So if you're listening to this, it's out. I don't know how much it is. Uh, but I really enjoy it. It's really, 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 really good. So, uh, do you play against the AI or do you play against other people? The AI. Um, I don't know if there is a multiplayer element to it. I don't think there is. I don't think there will be, personally. Uh, I don't see how there can be. Yeah, it's purely just AI uh, customised stories. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It, it looks very attractive. That's a nice looking yeah. game. I love the way you pick the levels as well. Um, I've got to just point that out. So you kind of got these decks of cards laid out like they're on a, not on a shelf, but they're on a table. But it's like you're scrolling through your video game collection. So you choose which deck of cards you want to play and that's that adventure. Oh, very good. Um, it's just, yeah, presentation-wide, it's lovely. Um, I don't know whether it's got longevity in terms of once I'm done, there's anything else I want to do or anything like that. Or whether we might see additions down the line or dlc or whatever or whether we're one and done whatever they decide with i'm on board if they decide it's one and done they've done it spot on if they decide they want to do more down the line i'm all for it yeah it'd be interesting to see how much it costs because that that might give an indicator of where they think it is in the market Mm, i think anywhere up to 20 quid um, I think will be good value. There's a lot of story here, nice. um, and it's entertaining. So I think you know if we're if we're looking at you know AAA games now being at sixty seventy quid. If this comes out at twenty, I think you've got you know anything less than that is worth buying straight away if you're into these sort of games. Anything like less than ten um, or ten or less, sorry, and it's something you're tempted to take a chance on. Definitely do it. Cool. Well, very nice. 
but yeah, absolutely brilliant. That's Aces and Adventures. I can't remember if I actually said the title at the start because who knows with me. Save me, Stu. What's next? So unless you've got any more questions about this, of course. No, no, no. You did you did say what it was called at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. I'm a dream to edit. I really have. I know. It makes it feel so easy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they, they, you think these are done the week you get them? We have to record these six weeks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I have a team of five people helping me as well, round the clock. He does. Yeah, Stu's in crippling debt because of me, because he has to hire people. <laughs> he runs a sweat a sweatshop in uh, Thailand full of kids editing podcasts. That's right. Uh, uh, right, what we got, Stu? Come on. So, Let's yes, bringing, on it, bringing it back. To reality we've got a reputation to uphold <laughs> have i but uh, yeah no the, the next one i've been playing is is completely different and it is uh the the beautifully named theater rhythm final bar line so uh, yeah it's just yeah that one the sort of game that would never sell a copy if it didn't have final because of the bad title unless it had final fantasy in the name so it's kind of like going you know Steak and chips, zippy wa mig pie, cotton finger. <laughs> it's just like it's like I've named the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like ridiculous. I, they've they've caught themselves right up in that one. But um, anyone who's had a Nintendo machine over the last sort of fifteen years or whatever has probably dipped into this, especially if they you know pirated their games. But um, it's a rhythm game. It's a rhythm action game that, in on the on the DS, the 3DS, it, it used stylus. It doesn't obviously use this on the Switch, and it's all the Final Fantasy, practically all of it now, all the Final Fantasy music that you play rhythm games to, and it's just like it's an absolute no-brainer that it's going to be really excellent because all the music, even if the tunes are like small little interstitial numbers rather than big themes or you know battle music or whatever they're all so well composed they're all really you know they the amount of effort that went into creating them even the chiptune ones back in the day and you know playing a game with those as as the thing to match to is just a, a winner you know uh obviously it means there's not a massive amount of variety because they're obviously in a style so it's not quite the same as playing you know rock band or something but apart from that yeah really excellent and what seems a bit different to me so i played curtain call uh and i think it's in a much more fleshed out than it was then what you've got is like you play it and if you you know you do really really well you, you get like a triple s rank or whatever it goes from you know c all the way through to triple s but there's another layer where you level up your characters you give your characters different powers and abilities and it has things tied like uh achievements not achievements but unlocks and uh upgrades linked to that so if you if you beat the level by getting a perfect score that's one thing but if you also your character defeats the the enemy or meets all the criteria um you get unlocks for it so there's two levels, so you can still do the RPG thing of building up your characters and swapping them out, and you can choose, you know, tank characters or ma- mages or, you know, physical attack characters or whatever. 
or you can uh, and and you know you can pick and choose them you can pick and choose the material you use and whether you pick summon characters and yeah basically you just you can you can get that rpg element in or you can just completely ignore it if you want and just play the the rhythm part of it so it's really and it's gigantic it's like it has about well i think i heard 360 tunes in it uh which is just unbelievable yeah just an unbelievable amount um so yeah it's it's massive it's really good the way that they've tweaked the system for it is really good i've got a couple of a couple of things aren't very well explained in the tutorial about how to how to switch buttons on certain things but in a final fantasy game i know crazy isn't it madness but um (laughs) but yeah other than that uh, it's just it's a really cracking game it's it's yeah the best new game i've played this year i think probably so like there's one game i I, i've played that i liked Um, obviously there's more games that i've played that i've liked but in in this context (laughs) um where i get a bit actually it should be called this on um so it reminds me a little bit from screenshots and stuff of Usu Tatakei Wanden. Um, or, that's easy for you to say, <laughs> yeah. Elite Beat Agents. Yeah. Um, so, is it like Elite Beat Agents? Uh, no, no, it's it's not no. really. Um, I mean, they're all much, not much of a muchness, but there's always sort of things that are common to each, to each other. But, um, it's got enough nuance so that it's different, but I, it's it's more like Guitaru Man, um, but uh, not as not as fundamentally. <laughs> no, it is definitely as fun, but it's not as fundamentally <laughs> difficult as as that is. Um, it's a little bit easier until you get like the fundamental way that you play Guitaru Man is hard, and then when you get good at it, uh, like the the learning curve is really steep. Whereas this is not as steep because it's still there are still simple things that you can do, um, and it's much more of a regular kind of pressing time to the to the beat kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's its own thing, and it has new stuff in it, like pushing the the direction pads in one direction or in opposing directions for some of the beats and things like that so yeah and one thing i really want to say as well is that it's got a mass of accessibility options where you can change colors size of objects speed uh background color detail opacity uh it's got a huge huge amount of accessibility options which is really really good does it have accessibility options so right this is me with rhythm games, okay? I couldn't play Rock Band or Guitar Hero with a guitar because I am all fingers and thumbs. And I like as soon as it went beyond just the pressing two different colours, I went, oh, I'm out. Uh, secondly, I can't pronounce the name of the game, so I've never really bothered with it before. Um, <laughs> thirdly, it's yeah, I, I struggle with rhythm action games. Um, so... Does it have, like, I think one of the rock bands, it might be one of the Guitar Heroes, had a mode in the end where it really simplified things. Does it allow me to go, look, I can't do all this this, this rubbish. As soon as you go over certain beats per minute, and if it's actually in tune with the music, I don't know. Just let me listen to the music and press, the, like, a few buttons. Does it have it accessibility that kind of allows me just to do that? Yeah. Or is it still very much a challenge all over? Yeah, I haven't activated all of that, but yeah, I think the answer is yes. You can you can okay. do all sorts. You can, you can change the speed so that it's, you know, 
perfect for you. You can change the the fail state to be a no fail state. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. That's a big one in rhythm games. That that's a must for all rhythm games, by the yeah. way. A no fail state. Yeah, because the the principle of it and all of them, but definitely this one is just fun. Like you can make it a competition yeah. if you want it to be a competition, but it doesn't have to be a competition. You can just have it as a oh hit that note. Oh, I didn't hit that note. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It's not going to like yeah. lock you out of that experience, which is really good. So, yeah. But um, I'd say have a have a go of one that you can emulate on the deck before you yep. lay down any cash and the the accessibility won't be there for the older games as much but it'll give you a feel for how it plays um and that might be a good a good way of uh, working out if this new one's any good for you well i think what i might do is acquire this one see if i like it and if i do then i'll stick some cash down on this particular one because yeah. if i have everything i want um, essentially, I'll demo it for myself. Yeah, and then if I like it, I'll buy it. Sounds good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so fair enough. Yeah, I love the idea of these guys, but I honestly, I am so rubbish at them, and most of them go, "Ah, oh, you're rubbish. You can't enjoy this game." Um, so I never do. <laughs> fair play. Yeah, I feel like that with a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right. So right. But also, before we move on, um, talk tutorialize me. The, the, the after rhythm or theatre rhythm or theatre rhythm, which is it? I uh, I think they want you to say theatre rhythm. Right. Okay, so theatre rhythm. Just okay. yeah, just we'll we'll go with that. You can't lose that. Yeah. That Final Fantasy spin-off damn rhythm game. That's the one. Fair enough. So does it cover all the Final Fantasies or is it just like seven? <laughs> no, it it covers all the mainline games. I've also seen Dissidia, um, Crystal Chronicles, um, Chocobo Racing, I think. So it's got like just about everything in it. So everything from one to fourteen plus, you know, yeah, yeah, all the other like guiding all games, niche. basically yeah, everything. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I'll give that a go, and I might also charge up the 3DS and play a bit of uh, uh, Usu Tatake uh, one then. Great game. Yes, it really, really is. Um, also, it's worth playing that and Elite Beat Agents because even though they are essentially the same game, they're very different because of the music. Yeah, different one of them has Skater Boy in yeah. it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, I've played And them. that is clearly the better version. <laughs> yeah, I've played them both. Yeah, yeah, they're excellent. Um, so, moving on. Um, I've been playing a Madonna game. Oh. And what's that? Yes. Like a dragon. Uh, I should be touched for the very first time. Very good. Oh, dear. Yeah, I've been storing that one since we started. Nice. So I was going to sing it, but you don't want that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> that will be bleeped out, I tell you. Yeah. So, Like a Dragon, for anyone who doesn't know, because there's been a lot of confusion over this from people who know video games as well, which, which is shocked me a bit so a lot of people assumed like a dragon was going to be the turn-based version of yakuza um as a series because it's generally been action blah 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 um the turn-based one was the last one which was called yakuza like a dragon but now in the west all the games are being called like a dragon because that's what they've been called in japan since day one oh because 
So Yakuza is not a term people really want to use too much, apparently, in Japan. Um, so what we've essentially done is, do you know, I think it's happened with other games in the past where, um, do you know, like sort of like Super Mario Brothers 2 wasn't actually Super Mario Brothers 2 or um, Soul Calibur wasn't actually the right Soul Calibur. Yeah. But it's basically yeah. it's brought parity um, to, to the... Um, uh, to the series, so everywhere is now known as like a dragon. So, yeah. Uh, on that note, then is it which one is this? Is this like Yakuza Seven, basically, or Eight, or something? No, this is none of those. Oh, <laughs> this is a remake. I think uh, this is where it gets confusing. I believe this is a remake of a spin-off called Ishin. Because it's uh, like a Dragon Edition. But I think this was released in Japan only a good number of years ago. Uh, I am not an official Yakuza stroke like a Dragon historian. So take all that with a pinch of salt. Uh, but I believe that's what it was. Uh, but essentially, it's a Yakuza. I, I, I will jump between these. Obviously, uh, we've got to get used to saying like a Dragon because that's what it'll be called. So Ishin, like a Dragon Edition is a typical Yakuza stroke like a dragon game. Um, it's got a bonkers story of revenge and redemption um, and double crossing uh, and so on. But it's set in, uh, I want to say, feudal Japan? Okay. Uh, yeah, let's say feudal Japan. I'm probably wrong, but olden times Japan before any kind of modern technology. Okay, they still rode horses and stuff, and samurai were big and all that. So it's that kind of era. Uh, you play a character called uh, Sakamoto Ryuma, right? Ryuma, uh, who is a, doesn't use that name throughout much of the game because he's exiled from his uh, his village for reasons. Uh, yeah, reasons and, are good. Yeah. yeah, and he becomes Saito. I think his name is. Um, in a new city or a new town, village, whatever. You go from a village into what I would say is a town, um, a township, maybe. Um, and it all takes place there. You meet various different characters, um, from the serious to the outrageous, and you, the story just goes places. You know, very early on, this is not a spoiler. You end up having a naked fight in a bathhouse. Ah. Uh, nice with you and another naked man while a fat naked man watches on from within a bath and then throws hot water over you. So it's like a documentary of my life then, yeah? Yep. And then the man you're fighting with naked takes you for a drink. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, someone recognises you from your from your, from your little village and they get murdered in like a couple of scenes later. Um, to hide from the authorities, you basically have to run away from them and hide in baskets and stuff. It's very much Yakuza. It's as equally serious as it is ridiculous. Um, it's great for all the right reasons. It's great because of all the things that are a bit crap about it at times. The acting is Yakuza. Um, the localization is dreadful um, in such a good way. So uh, it, part of it I could like very early on, so this is not spoilerific at all, um, very early on in the game, there's interaction when you're at your village and you're talking about um, like uh, a sensei type person who's been like a father figure to you, like since you were a child. Um, now, I would expect 
in feudal Japan, they would refer to this person as father. Uh, because they talk about him as the father. So, ah, oh, father's done this, or father wants you. No, 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 no. I can only read this bit in a thick Yorkshire accent. Because, hey, oh, Pops wants to see you. And it's just like, I'm sure in Japan, no one ever referred to a father figure as Pops. <laughs> no. Very Americanised. Who localised this? Words yeah. all bloody garbage. <laughs> and it's just, what? Um, but it's all Japanese voice, so it's no English voice acting. More of that, please. Um, if you've set something in Japan or you've set something in France or Germany or Russia or, or wherever, go with whatever their local language is for voice acting and then have subtitles. Um, well, yeah. Again. Well, yeah, you might be going to be saying this, but... If you do that, you've got to make sure that your subtitles are really good and that you've got really big, a large number of accessibility options so you can definitely see them. Yes. But I know some people will go, but what about those who can't see? Blah, blah, blah. I'm one of those people who can't see. I would rather have a computer-generated narrator read those subtitles to me while still hearing the Japanese discussions going on in the background. It adds a layer to the experience that you don't get with English voiceovers. Uh, yeah, that's a really good suggestion, actually. Yeah, I, I would like that as well. An, auto yeah. an option and let for automation. Me, yeah. yeah, let me as the user choose what levels I want. Do I want the voiceover to be much louder that I'm getting... Or do I want just enough that I'm getting a hint of it because I can read the subtitles enough where I then want the voices coming through, like the actual Japanese voice, voice, uh, uh, voice acting coming through higher. Allow me to set those levels. Uh, again, not something I expect from, you know, a one-person indie studio trying to do something like this. I get there's limitations. company like Sega, you can do this. Uh, because, and here's the big because, accessibility settings spot on really good accessibility settings you've got all your color blind stuff you could change the um subtitle and text sizes and it's all it's all really good it's got and again this is something you started to see coming a lot more do you want to multiple press buttons for actions or just hold the button um do you want to completely skip um uh qtes yeah please that's just that doesn't even need to be an accessibility feature everyone wants to skip a qte um yep. so yeah <laughs> uh but it's also got like in battle it, like you can either like do it that you're pressing the buttons and you need it for that or you could just hold like x like the x button to do your normal attacks rather than doing the multiple presses so it will just do the actions for you if you want cool um, and where it doesn't punish you, you might choose that. So you might choose, oh, I want to do that thing where I just hold the button and it does all the attacks automatically. But if you then decide, right, actually, I'm feeling okay now. For whatever reason, I want to change it. I just now want to do tappy. You could just do that without having to change the settings. So you could set it to press to hold. Um, or, you know, uh, yeah, hold to do the actions. But you could just on the fly start tapping and doing like the actual input combos if you want. Uh, nice. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Brilliant. That's brilliant implementation. Uh, so yeah, everything about this is spot on. 
I don't blame them for not having automatic voiceovers because I think that should be a system level thing. Uh, because I think that's a lot of work to actually put on the developers to put into each individual game. So I think that should be system level. Um, and whatever we get, I would say whatever the next consoles are, but we know we can patch a console now, so there's no reason why we can't add this crap in now. Or, you know, in a year's time after developing it. But yeah, it's it's a batshit mental game. Um, good accessibility settings. Um, I'm three hours in. So, for, no, not three hours in. I was three hours in when I first started thinking about the game. I'm about 13 hours in now. Um, I feel like I've barely got anywhere because it's a Yakuza stroke like a dragon game. Um, I don't know when the game actually picks up to be, oh, you're actually getting near the end because it's one of those. <laughs> it's just... Um, yeah. There's things to do. So you can go drinking, you can do karaoke, uh, loads of different activities. Um, the, you know, the karaoke side of it is is really well implemented considering this is feudal Japan. Um, you don't actually have a karaoke machine, obviously. Uh, you have a fight with a tiger at some point. Nice. Because why not? Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's just, it's just brilliant. Um, and I won't complete this anytime soon. It's like other Yakuza games, like like a Dragon games. I'll play this piecemeal across the next few years. Um, and pick it up and put it down. Switch probably go back to Kiwami at some point. Cause I'm only a couple of hours into that on the on the on the on the Steam Deck. So I'll probably go back through that for a little bit, and then jump back to because again they're batshit mental. I don't think the stories matter all that much. Um, and they're just great fun. Excellent. Shenmue with fun. Yeah. That, that's what they have always been. I, I, I'm really pleased that, that it's quite the spiritual successor to Shenmue and that it's still in the Sega wheelhouse. Because, I mean, they're not for me. They're not my kind of kind of games. I've mm. never enjoyed those sorts of, of things. But I always sort of... I'm always impressed by them and I like the fact they exist. You know, I want people to play them. So I'm really pleased that it's it's so big now. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's kind of like... A, a, <laughs> like classier, more sophisticated, release more frequently GTA, really, <laughs> kind of thing. It's much better than GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Because GTA, GTA. So, like, so this is this is where there's a fundamental difference. Shenmue is an important game. It's not a good game, but it's a very, very important game in the history of video games. It brought so much to the table that we use today. Uh, but has been bettered in every single way. You know, the idea of these day-night cycles are brilliant, but Shenmue decided that if you turn up to a shop two minutes late, then you had to wait until the next actual in-game day before you could go back there again. And yes, I get why that's brilliant at the time, and the idea of that is outstanding, but boy, that was not a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, so and then what Yakuza's done is take all those elements and improve on it. Uh, which is really, really good. You know, the idea of being able to go and do all these things in Shenmue was really good. You know, you got to go and play in the arcades. That's all everyone really wanted to do was play in the arcades. The rest of it was a bit, meh. Um, yeah. Apart from the forklift driving, they, you know, that, that became iconic. But you was you had to do that. It wasn't optional. And so all everyone wanted to do was go, I'm going to go play Hangon or whatever in, uh, in Shenmue. That's about it um, as the extras. 
to make Yakuza took it and built on it and made loads of fun things to do. You know, I like going and playing Shogi or or playing in the arcades or going and doing a drinking game or a singing, like a karaoke mini game and all, all different kinds of stuff. Um, and it improved on it. Um, GTA then brought that in. But GTA's version of fun, he still feels a bit mean-spirited and business decision fun. Whereas... Like a dragon stroke Yakuza fun is what shit can we throw at the game and make it fun? Um, yeah. I did the developers actually genuinely have a fun time making it, and that's the difference between I think Yakuza and GTA. GTA is for a game that likes to let's say critique on modern life, it's very po faced, I think. Well, yeah, I mean. For me, GTA's always been an arsehole simulator, you know what I mean? It's just like, mm. well, you know, you're a 14-year-old lad, you you feel like you've got no power, you want to go out there and, and do what the uh, the impressive boys are doing by beating up, you know, beating other people up, shooting guns, driving fast cars, and, you know, being part of organised crime. And it just, it was all, even when I was a lot younger, it was still felt as a very childish kind of thing to me. And I know it's not childish, but... And I think it's become a bit more sophisticated over time. But there's a there's a level of uh, to Shemu and to this that is cartoonish, that takes away that thing. Whereas I don't think the Rocksteady have do it in a cartoonish way. They're like there's a there's a patina of like oh yeah no it's a cartoon look at the visuals, but in terms of the way that you actually play them and your intent when you play in them, it's it seems like a very kind of I don't know grim. And yeah, mm. done in a business-like way, but also kind of, kind of nasty as well. Yeah, it, yeah, it is nasty, and it is it is very much mean-spirited. And yes, it's a satire on society, but there's ways of doing that. And I honestly, when I look back at GTA, I don't look at the GTA games of old and go, "Oh, I can't wait to play that again." It's like, ugh. Yeah, all right, whatever. Whereas yeah. if someone said to me, like, this this is an old... I, be, I might be wrong, this might be a brand new game, but I'm 99% sure this is a, a re-release of an older um, uh, Like a Dragon game. And I'm all for it because it's it's fun. Um, and it's Rockstar, that branch of Rockstar, the GTA branch, forgot what fun was. Their version of fun is old man in suit fun. Uh, because a lot of them have become old men in suits, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Uh, Sega still seem to have children making their decisions. Um, and that can lead to some very baffling ideas. Um, the fact they still try and flog Sonic out there a bit. And yeah, hey, Sonic's been into a bit of bestiality. Who hasn't? Um, in the past. And they can make some, okay, so some very weird so decisions. Speak for yourself, uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've made some very very weird decisions but you know when it hits it hits and the Yakuza series hits and it's fun it's dumb and more of that please just bring more of it um, it's brilliant um, I don't know how much it is uh, let's have a look see if I can find out money upon it's a 60 quid yeah game. money upon money upon money it's even 55 yeah. quid on Steam but if you're if you're into it, it'll be that'll totally be worth it, I reckon. Oh, you'll get you'll get you'll get value from it. Um regardless. You know, it's a this is what I'll say. It is triple A, but without the triple A trappings. Yeah. 
which is really weird. Because it's because it doesn't have the AAA trappings. It doesn't feel AAA, but it is AAA. Yeah, I think that applies to another very big Japanese franchise. Uh, well, not franchise, but style. Uh, well, basically from software stuff. They're, they're, they're yeah. everything that you would say is AAA in the, the budgets, the, the marketing, all of that, and the money spent on the game. But they don't feel, to their credit, like what you think of as like, you know, FIFA and card and all that crap, you know, they they feel still like they're handcrafted and they've got a lot of individual quirks that make them what they are, kind of thing. Uh, one thing I will put actually um, runs like a dream on the on the Steam Deck. Um, nice. Some people have complained about shader caching issues and whatever, blah blah blah, blah, blah and all that. I've not noticed it during game. Maybe a little bit in cutscenes. Who knows? Uh, but I've got it. I tested this because I was going to talk about this early on. I completely forgot. 60 frames per second in the game. Um, I've switched it down to 40 just to stop the fans worrying up a bit. Uh, I've got it medium settings at a lower resolution using its inbuilt FSR 2.1. Um, nice. And on that small screen, oh, yeah, it looks good. Plays well. Um, yeah, there's just people are complaining because people have to complain. I've not noticed any issues. Played it exclusively on deck in handheld, and it's a joy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the benefits of the deck is because it's a standardised system. It can shade a cache each time, and yeah, and, uh, yeah builds its own cache. Whereas I think on on PC, obviously, with the different specs, it, if if you don't build the shader cache, you're buggered. Um, but there are a lot of games are just sticking that feature in now, um, which is good. But it's yeah, it's a little bit. It's a bit late, but it's good that it's coming there. So it's a shame that, that Like a Dragon doesn't have that on PC if it, if it's not there. But sadly, like you say, it's not the end of the world. No, as I said, like the shader caching that it does on the uh, Steam version for Steam Deck. Hey, you can all thank me because I've been playing it ahead of time because I've got some code and I've been playing it. So you've been taking my shader cache. I hope you're happy with yourselves. <laughs> I'm very happy with myself. Um, don't want to answer that because that's from Aberdeen, so it'll be a debt. <laughs> Keeping all this in, by the way. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Um, so, do you want to talk about your third? Or, Jesus Christ, it's gone. We've been here an hour. I know, yeah. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. But um, Do you want to do your third or skip your third or just have a quick outro just to shame our government? Yeah, just... What I'll say is that we'll, I'll talk about it properly at another time, but I did want to briefly mention that I've got my PC Engine GT handheld, which you know, is one of those handhelds that if you're of a certain age, if you're Gen X or older, you'll have wanted one because handheld PC Engine plays PC Engine games, um, all of them, uh, well, apart from the CD ones, obviously. And... It was, you know, something we all lusted after back in the day because it made the Game Boy look completely obsolete even when it got released. And, yeah, I, I did all of, like, a load of modding on it to get it modern, 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 and new screen and battery and everything. And then when I did all that, I realised that the controller board didn't work. So directional pad worked, but none of the other buttons did. So I waited literally a couple of years uh, and somebody started producing them started producing ones that were that worked with it and I was just overjoyed and I bought one 
uh, and the guys in France, and it works perfectly, and it's beautiful to use. It's a lovely handheld. You'd like it because it's nice and thick and chunky, so holding it doesn't make your hands feel bad, um, which is good. Uh, and yeah, so just wanted to say, oh yeah, I've been playing loads of games on that, but a big shout out to the guy who developed the board, who's called Tawi, T-A-W-Y. He's based in France. And in the unlikely event that you need one of these boards, look him up on eBay. He's the only guy making them. He's the only guy in the world that I'm aware of who makes them. And I, it's, I can't thank the guy enough um, for that for that because it's it's superb. So huge props to that fella. Excellent pictures, 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 please. Yep, I will do pictures. I promise. Excellent. I will talk about that board next week. Can do. Um, so. Just to close out, a bit of government shaming. Uh, we love a bit of government shaming here. Um, Shemima Begum. Right, that should get rid of the right-wing gammons that might listen. Um, Jesus <laughs> Christ, our government is pathetic. Our government is pathetic. Right, she's done wrong. No one is denying that girl done wrong, okay? And she should be tried and punished for what she did. Um, in her own country, which is Britain. She is British. She was born here. Okay? I've seen so many arguments about um, it's all about where you're born, it's all about where you're born. Well, she's British, we deal with her. Okay? Um, now, that being said, if she was a 15-year-old white girl who had somehow, you know, I might be making this up, by the way. This might not be a real and actual thing that's happened. You could decide. If she was a 15-year-old white girl who had been groomed and radicalised by right-wing terrorists, then I suggest she might not be booted out of the country. You know, that yeah. might be a completely hypothetical situation, or it might actually have happened. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I can't remember what the girl's name is, but she was 15 years old. She was up on charges of domestic terrorism because, of, like, after being radicalised by the far right, and they let her off. Basically dropped all charges because they decided she'd been groomed. Yet Shemima Begum, she's fully in control of what she did at 15, and she shouldn't have been groomed. It's her fault. Kick her out. Screw this country at times. Screw our government completely at all times. Yeah, totally 100% agree with that that's just it's just absolutely crazy it's just naked racism um you know absolutely pathetic trying to make a point uh, about something and failing spectacularly and yeah anyone who doesn't think that she should be you know repatriated and tried in this country i mean i there's two stages repatriated and, and then you know tried or tried to have some sort of consequence against her are different again from you know just being forgiven of what she what she did because yeah. she was young um but either of those stances you can argue what you can't argue is the stance the government took which is to you know deep depatriate or whatever you call it uh her which is ridiculous wash their heads yeah. off is what we yeah. say you know don't even sugarcoat it they race they're racist and they wash their heads off yeah. Yeah. um and yeah I'm not saying she can't, she can't be punished. She must be punished for what she did. Um, it's terrorism. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, there's no sugarcoat in that. No one in their right mind is going, ah, oh, forgive and forget. Um, what people are saying is, try her in her country. 
punisher in her country. If the proper punishment is life imprisonment, fine. That's the punishment in her country. Simple as that. Um, yeah. Again, we've got people more willing to forgive a Gary Glitter or, you know, a, a, a Prince Nonce or whatever he was called, Andrew. Um, we're more willing to forgive that. We're more willing to completely forget, you know, any kind of nonsense as long as they're talented to some degree. Um, young, 15-year-old girl, was she now 20-odd years, 23 years old now, I yeah, believe she that, is. Yeah. Uh, and we're willing just to go, no, you're not ours. We don't care if another country doesn't want you. You're not ours. And she's stuck in a, in a, a camp in Syria. Because why not? Why not? Why not do that? So shame on you, government. Shame on anyone who supports that 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 act. I don't care if you're a friend of mine, family of mine, whatever. Shame on you. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, horrible. And with that, with that, I'm going to shut up now, Stu. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, yeah, as usual, follow us on all the socials. Make sure you check out our website with loads of content. Join us on Discord if you would like, where we talk about not just mental health stuff and not just game stuff, but all sorts of stuff. And in the meantime, have a great week, stay safe and stay sane.